Don't some get some. How about those friggin' pirates? Yes, I am a pirate. You have to go with the pirates because, of course, they have cannons and everything. It's a pirate's life for me. Be proud of who you are and what you are. You're a pirate. It is a first down. Pirate. Because when you're in East Carolina, you go for it every time. Or you don't coach in East Carolina, you don't come to East Carolina, you don't play in East Carolina with a weak heart. Write it! I think I've ever been in a building as loud as that was. It was deafening in there. You will get them on. I can promise you that. Hit a triple all night long in Eastern North Carolina! You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. Welcome into the Sports Objective. We're talking East Carolina football tonight. Uh, over the last couple weeks, we've had a couple of Pirates sign with the UFL. It's Arlington Renegades and four Pirates in total uh, with the Renegades uh, that will get cranked up here in the next couple months. But uh, right now, first, we are joined by former East Carolina wide receiver Isaiah Winstead. Zay, how are you? I'm doing good. How you doing? Doing well. Appreciate your time. And uh, first of all, congratulations on signing with the Arlington Renegades. And uh, this year you spent a, a large percentage of the year, you know, as an undrafted free agent um, with the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, the 49ers playing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. So tell us about what that experience was like uh, on the practice squad out there in San Francisco, you know, with the likes of Brock Purdy, Debo Samuel, et cetera. Uh, it was a it was a great experience. Uh, you know, just being able to to learn from those guys and you know, like, um, being able to like you know see like why they are the way they are, like how they how they become great, like you know they they everyday routines and stuff like Christian McCaffrey and and the uh and his routines and the facility by like you know six every day and stuff like that just just taking stuff from them, like Fred Warren or all those guys, like pulling stuff from them, trying to find my own routine. Because, you know, as a rookie, you're trying to find, like, you know, trying to find yourself. You're trying to find your routine. And, and you know, and you're trying to get to that level that they at. So, you know, that's just really what it was, you know, uh, a good learning experience. And, uh, you know, and that's about it, really. Just learning of learning the ways, learning the in and outs and stuff like that. Isaiah, obviously, uh, you know, you talk about San Francisco, but, uh, you know, we mentioned you're going to be with the Arlington Renegades of the UFL. If people don't know what the UFL is, it's the merger of the USFL and the XFL. Uh, Holt Naylor's Noah, who's going to be joining us here in a little bit, is also on the team. You got, you got four former Pirates all with the Renegades. Uh, talk about your excitement level for, for uh, the, the new league and, uh, playing for Bob Stoops, um, uh, you know, I don't, I'm sure uh, you, you follow Coach Stoops as a, as, a, as a young pirate, as a young pirate, as a young football fan uh, <laughs> growing up. Um, so talk about playing for a legend like Bob Stoops. Yeah, it's crazy, man, just to, you know, how this opportunity and stuff like that, you know, even, 
even like you know in the 49ers just playing with those guys those big time names and stuff like that so i'm kind of familiar with you know uh big time names now by now but it's it's, it's crazy to be able to have that opportunity uh uh to bless them speak of having that opportunity um the opportunity that you had that you were just discussing a little uh, with the San Francisco 49ers when we had Johnny Gardner, one of our loyal viewers and listeners chime in earlier. Uh, and he actually texted me this question, just saying, you know, growing up, um, obviously you, I'm sure you had those receivers that you, you looked up to, you know, you, you admired their abilities. So who, who were some of those guys? And um, now that you have the opportunity to, to play professional football, uh, you know, elaborate a little bit more on what an awesome opportunity and experience it's been for you. Uh, like, who did I look up to, like, uh, growing up? Yeah, I mean, it, it, just a, a receiver or a few that uh, you, you admired their abilities. Maybe, obviously, you wanted to be true to yourself, but, you know, you admired, um, you know, whether it, whether it be the likes of a, a Randy Moss or, or whoever. For sure, Randy Moss. That's who, uh, that's who really uh, I wanted to mold my game out there coming up. You know, that's coming up. I had like the uh, the Patriots for that only reason because Randy Moss is my favorite receiver. Um, Calvin Johnson, uh, Chad Johnson, all those type guys are you know the, the bigger receivers that you know they can they can move and showcase their ability, Julio Jones and all those type of receivers and stuff like that. And uh and now that I got a chance to play professional football and, you know, like really know more of the game and stuff like I kinda like see myself like, you know, like a Keenan Allen and stuff like that, you know, uh mold my game out there out there what he can do and like how he can how his size and how he can run routes and his ability to move and stuff like that. So uh yeah. So with that uh, opportunity that you had in San Francisco, obviously, I, I know, um, as you've said, you, know, you, you grew tremendously from that and learning the ropes of professional football. You know, now, since signing with the Renegades, have you had some conversations with Holton Aylers and then uh, you know, maybe some other guys uh, in addition to obviously Noah that we were just speaking with? Yeah, I did. Um... I wasn't even gonna do the uh the XFL or the, the USL. I wasn't even gonna do it at first, but um I ended up changing my mind, you know, weighing out the options and stuff like that. But but before then, you know, Holden had uh he had texted me or he had called me and was like, If you end up doing the um if you end up doing the XFL, like don't sign with nobody else, like, you know, sign sign with us. And he was like, you know, I'm gonna tell the uh jam about you and all that stuff so because i don't think anybody knew like that i was even gonna be like trying to do the xfl so but after that you know that's when Kenny started reaching out and holding me it's just like don't sign with nobody else he wanted he wanted uh he wanted me back on the team with him i may be mistaken with this but after you were let go by san francisco um discuss your options because i i I want to say I heard something about the Atlanta Falcons, but I'm I may be wrong there. Yeah, I had a workout with the Falcons. And, uh, I was on the the list for the future reserves, 
and I mean that was about it. By the time I made the decision, or you know, I made the decision like kind of like uh, probably like a week after that workout, I made the decision like I'm gonna go ahead and just you know instead of waiting on the Falcons or waiting on the you know future reserve where only one team, you know that one team is all, you know if I sign with them, only basically that's the only team that's seeing me. Instead of doing that, I could just go to the uh, UFL, like really show like that I belong and get more film and then be able, be able to be evaluated by all 32 teams. So, yeah. How close of a working relationship, uh, if you if you know this, does the UFL and the NFL have with each other? Obviously, everybody who's going to be playing in the UFL, their goal is to play in the NFL. Uh, do you know how closely the two leagues are working together, if at all? I have no clue. I have no clue at all. I don't, I don't know. Gotcha. Okay. I hope. I hope. I hope they are uh, working together, but I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. One of the I'm things. I'm sure they're going to be at the very least. I'm sure they will be evaluating film. Yeah, yeah, that for sure. That for sure, but. As far as anything else, I don't, I don't really know. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, Kyle. I don't. I'll see if I can retrieve some of that information. Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a very close um, relationship. Um, you know that the UFL has uh, with the NFL, but n- not 100 on that. But Zay, one of the things that you know Holt Naylor's said on his show, the Holt the Holt Naylor show, um, in the last few weeks is that he had some interest and opportunities with the CFL. Is that something you considered at all? Or or was it all was it more just you know, NFL, UFL? Um yeah, that uh I did uh consider that at a point in time. I had a I had a team that hit me up the Toronto Argos. I think they won like the, the championship, but they had contacted me and was like, you know, I had an opportunity there as well, but you know I didn't. I I rather have went the UFL route because the because uh, of the timeline, you know, because um it ends like if you go to the championship or whatever, it ends like in June, maybe. And the UFL ends like I mean, and the uh, CFL ends like way later than that. So you know I could I could still play in the UFL and, and still be on the team all in this same year. So that's why I chose that right. That was part of the reasoning that that Holton gave as well. Yeah. Definitely. Kyle, did you have something? Uh, no, I was just going to talk about the runtime of the CFL season. I think it's from June until early November, I think, championship game. And then and then obviously um, Tyler Sneed was, are, was already exiting the program when Zay arrived. But um, you're certainly aware of the name. Um, Sneed did big things up there this year, and there have been a lot of Pirates, you know, be it skill positions or linemen that have um, really excelled in the in the CFL down through the years. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was hearing about him when I was coming in, and uh, I had seen when he had declared for the drive and stuff. You know, I was keeping up with him in preseason and stuff like that. But, uh, I, and, and I was seeing, like, the stuff he was doing in the uh, CFL as well. Um, I don't really know him that much, so I probably seen him like he maybe I think he came to like one game while I was there, probably like right. 
Yeah, he probably came in like one game, and I seen him there, but I don't really know him beyond that. They had one season at East Carolina. Um, you went to a bowl game, won eight games. So uh, your one season was a good one. Um, what, 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 what was your uh, time like one year here at East Carolina? Did, did, did you enjoy it? How did it compare to your experience at Toledo? Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, you know, the hospitality, how they treated me, you know, um, even from my uh, official visit, you know, and they just made me a priority and just made my official visit important. Like, uh, like they really wanted me there, you know, that's why I chose ECU over Power 5 schools, you know, and holding me, hitting me up all the time and telling me, you know, what we going to do and, and all that stuff. So, I definitely enjoyed. Uh, I definitely enjoyed that journey, and it was like. And on top of the, on top of that, on top of all that stuff, you know, I actually got a chance to showcase my ability, uh, a little bit. So, that was that put the icing on the cake, you know. As as compared to Toledo, you know, I didn't really get that much of an opportunity to do that. What uh, if there's one game that stands out to you during your time at East Carolina? What would it be? Uh, it's between Navy and Memphis. Back to back weeks. Yeah, Memphis. I think Memphis. Uh, I had like 132 yards in the first half, and the touchdown, seven catches. And then Navy, I had 11 for like 48. And that was like close to like my career high. So, you know, those those definitely stood out. If we're talking about like personal wise, like as like just personal stuff. Like as far as like, the back uh, weeks, but I I'm I'm getting my seasons mixed up. That was that was the previous season. The Navy games and the Memphis games last year. Two years ago were were not back to back weeks. Um yeah, but, uh, maybe maybe it was like the September and Memphis was in October, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and go with that Memphis game because I like the results of that one better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. Memphis and UCF were back-to-back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was get, I was thinking of the previous year, Bubba, when uh, we played Memphis and Navy back-to-back weeks. And it was like homecoming, right? Memphis, Memphis is homecoming, right? That that sounds right. That I sounds right. Was, I think it was homecoming, yeah. That, that was, sounds correct because we, we had the um, the old – It was, it was goal, homecoming. It was old homecoming, graphics. Bubba. It was homecoming, Bob, because Matt was there. Yeah, yeah, I probably that might have been my my favorite game of the year. Yeah, was that was that triple overtime, quadruple overtime? What was that? I'm trying to remember. I think it was triple. I think yeah, yeah I think it was, I think it was three of them. Just remember, I just remember Keaton um, making play after play. Yeah, yeah overtime. Yeah, it was crazy. I had seen a stat on uh, on like Twitter after the game. I had went for like. 132 in the first half, and then and Keaton had like probably like maybe like 15 rushing yards, and then he ended with 156. So I'm like, yeah, doing crazy. Speaking of Keaton, uh, talk about uh, seeing what he did this year. Unfortunately, suffered the ACL injury against the Jags uh, down in Jacksonville. You know, kind of ironically. Zay Jones, former East Carolina wide receiver, got hurt in the same game. But uh, you had you had Keaton averaging between eight and eight and a half yards per carry. Um, and granted, it's 
not an abundance of carries, but I don't care. Eight, you know, eight to eight and a half yards per carry is still eight to eight and a half yards per carry. That's 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 just remarkable. Because for for reference, on uh, significantly more carries, but you had uh, Chris Johnson in his two thousand yard season. Uh, I think it was about five point three, five and a half yards per carry. Yeah. Yeah, Keaton, uh, that was probably, yeah, that definitely was the best running back I've ever played with. And he was my favorite running back. I like blocking for him because all I had to do was block for like a half a second. I touched, I touched, I touched the dude and he already gone for a touchdown. So, uh, you know, it was exciting playing with him, man. He could make a play at any given time, you know. Another guy you played with is C.J. Johnson. It was great to see C.J., I think, when he signed with D.C. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, he reached out to me when he found out I was going to the uh, USL and stuff like that. You know, I still keep in contact with C.J. Uh, I hope you do good. I hope you do good. Go ahead, Kyle. Oh no, I was good. We, they were, you were talking about Keaton just momentarily, and I, it really don't matter. The you know because he his free agent contract worked out, and uh, you know did well with the Ravens up until his injury this year. But uh, Zay, I know you were more worried about yourself during the draft. But were you surprised when Keaton didn't get drafted? I was shocked. Yeah, definitely. He ran, he ran a four three at at the combine. Uh, he ran a four three, and he had like what like fifteen hundred yards. He had like fifteen touchdowns. He was like. You know, like that didn't even make sense to me. Like, um, I don't know what 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 they needed to see or like why they why anybody was taking over him. But you know, he proved the doubters wrong. And, you know, end up getting a starting job off of after being a uh, undrafted free agent. That's not like that's not no easy task. So you know, I I definitely was surprised though, definitely. Zay, before we uh, wrap this up, um, here in just a moment, well, we'll bring in uh, Noah Henderson, your former teammate, and is, is backstage. He's going to be your teammate once again with the Arlington Renegades, as we've already mentioned. But um, now we'd like to do something you know, very quickly that we, we call the two-minute drill, kind of a lightning round of questions. Uh, one of these is already what, been what, asked. What, 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 do you, what do you think you are, Stevie Fly there, Abba? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's still on a page from Stevie Fly's book. Uh, but um, favorite NFL team? Uh, this is obviously during, during your childhood. During your childhood. Yeah, the Patriots. Favorite player? Randy Moss. Favorite football movie? Uh, the Longest Yard. Favorite wait, 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 wait. Which version? The Adam Sandler version or the Burt Reynolds version? The Adam Sandler version. <laughs> okay, all right. You, you probably never seen the Burt Reynolds version. I've never seen that version. Yeah, you got to see it. Burt Reynolds. Reynolds. Who's Burt Reynolds? Well, he's actually in the Adam Sandler version. He's the older guy in the movie. Yeah. I actually have that on uh, on one DVD. Somebody got it for me. I've, I don't think I've ever opened it. I need, need to watch it. The original yeah. version with Burt? Well, I've seen both, but um, when somebody gifted the the DVD to me that had both versions, I, I, I haven't, haven't opened it. Gotcha. But um, favorite hobby outside of football? Uh, bowling. 
Favorite place to eat in Greenville? In Greenville. Sup, dog. Three places you've never been that you that you'd love to go traveling. Uh, Greece, Tokyo, and uh, Greece, Tokyo, Hawaii. I'm, I'm gonna hit him with one, Bubba. You okay, gotta, go yeah. G- give me uh, give me your three favorite music artists. Three favorite music artists. Lil Papa, yeah, uh. Yeah, artist from Jacksonville, Florida, uh, Kodak, Kodak Black. Um, and I'm gonna say, uh, NBA Youngboy. Okay. Favorite yeah. food? Favorite food. I don't, I don't think I got one. I don't think you, I got one. You got a favorite kind of food, like Mexican, Chinese? I don't like Chinese. Uh, you don't like Chinese? Nah, I don't eat Chinese at all. <laughs> Uh, I ain't gonna ask why. Chinese, Japanese, none of that. I don't really? Even, I don't even like hibachi. Damn, man. Some hibachi steak? How can you go wrong with that? I don't like hibachi. <laughs> okay. I, Mexican Mexican might be my favorite type of food. What about Asian girls? You like Asian girls? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get the man in trouble. <laughs> I don't know what his relationship status is. <laughs> hey. What what motivates you the most? Asian uh, girls. <laughs> what motivates me the most? Uh, uh, my family, like you know, my childhood, you know how I came up and you know how things was and you know grew up rough and stuff like that. So that just gives me motivation to, to you know to get up out of that situation and. You know, make my people get my people out of that situation as well and make them proud and stuff like that. And my son, of course. Right. And lastly, do you have a favorite quote that you uh, that you strive to live by? A favorite quote. That's a tough one. Uh, nah, I don't got a favorite quote. I got a favorite. Like Eric Thomas, you know, it's like that's who I listen to, like for motivational videos and Inky Johnson and stuff like that. But I don't have like any. Yeah, that's a great one. Definitely follow him on X and um, and then also watch a lot of his stuff on YouTube. And you know, down through the years, have definitely showed a lot of his videos to teams I've coached. Yeah, I got a chance. Sorry, go ahead. I said I got a chance to uh, meet both of them, uh, Inky Johnson and uh, Eric Thomas. Awesome. Where, where do you get a chance to meet Inky? Obviously, he played at Tennessee back in the day, and then, uh, but um, where, where do you have a chance to hear him speak or meet meet him? Uh, Toledo, Toledo. They had uh, they had bought them in. They had bought them in to speak. I got a chance to meet him. Gotcha. Yeah, had the chance on the way back from the Michigan game this year. Um, my parents and I stopped there and checked out the Toledo Stadium and campus. Pretty nice. Yeah, the glass ball. Yeah, that's cool. Yep, yep the glass ball. Yeah. I, I, I seen Mike Tyson, too, when I was training at, uh, at XTE. 
for the people. Yeah, I remember, I remember hearing you say that uh, down in, down in Florida. Yeah. So you had to meet Tyson. What, uh, what was that like? Uh, it was crazy. Like they just was like, you know, I mean, XPE got, you know, everybody was coming there, but you know, I didn't really know that. They was just like, you know, that's Mike Tyson. I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, I'm thinking they playing. Like I look over, you see the tattoo, all that. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. I gotta go get a picture. So, you know, I got a picture and he just, you know, was very, like, humble, soft-spoken and stuff like that, you know. Got yeah, Tyson's an interesting guy. He's, he's somebody that, you know, it, it, over the year, at one time, you know, beloved, and then he went through a period where he was kind of very hated, and now he's kind of at a point in his life where I think most people like him. You know, he, he seems to be kind of chill. He, you know, he, he's kind of become like old hippie in, in his uh, in his old years here. But, uh, yeah, look. Tyson, you know, glad to see him. See him to be in a in a in a good mental place these days. Yeah, definitely, definitely. He just, you know, uh, I think he was about to probably do boxing, like get stand and shape and stuff like that. Man. But yeah, he he won't really. He's very like soft spoken and stuff like that. Got a picture with him, and you know. That was who's your favorite? Who's your favorite athlete non football? Well, you know, we were talking about Tyson, so that kind of makes me think. Who, who is there any athletes you looked up to? Uh, you know, or just favorite athletes from other sports that, that stick out to you either now or when you were growing up? Um, my favorite, I've gone, uh, Anthony Edwards, like, that's like my favorite, you know, that's my favorite basketball player. Okay. I just started, uh, I don't really watch basketball that much, but I watch it. Like, I used to, I used to play basketball and stuff like that. So, but Anthony Edwards, like, I like him a lot, like, I just like, you know, I like his personality, how he how he played basketball, and so that's all my favorite athlete outside of football. Gotcha. I've seen a lot of bad basketball this year, Zay. Um, <laughs> I, I've I've been to three or four Hornets games. Oh yeah, it's it's brutal. They, they, <laughs> they, the Pistons have won what five or six games, and two were against Charlotte. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. That's not a. Uh, that's not a game you want to go to if you're trying to if you look no. for, for excitement. Dirt cheap prices. Yeah, what about twenty dollars? Yeah, or or less. So there's some I, I used the tick pick app and um, you know having purchased tickets on there a time or two. You know I, I've gotten them for as low as you know ten bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, well, we had a, uh, I think we had a, I don't know if we had a bye week, or I think we had a bye week. I went to go, I went to LA and had watched the Pelicans play Zion Williamson. Um, I forget who they played against, but that was the, that was my first time watching them play. Zay, we appreciate a half hour of your time tonight. Um, Definitely, um, we'll be keeping up with you this spring and, and how you're doing and with all the other pirates out there with the Arlington Renegades. And tell folks how they can follow you on social media. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all for having me, man. So, um, on, on you, have any social, you have any social media you want to promote, Isaiah? Oh, oh, I ain't even hear that part. I mean, you can follow me on uh, Instagram, J-T-Z-A-Y-T-I. Nine nine one underscore. That's all my social media. There you go. Thanks so much. Um, best of luck with the Renegades. I uh, ho- hope you and you and Holton connect uh, for for a lot of yards and touchdowns. 
and um, we'll stay in touch. We'll stay in touch. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. All right, take care. That is former East Carolina wide receiver Zay Winstead. Uh, he, Holt Naylor's Garrett McGinn, and Noah Henderson will be with the Arlington Renegades. And uh, right now, let's bring in the Pirates' former offensive tackle Noah. How are you? I'm good. How's it going? Doing well. We appreciate your patience and appreciate you coming on tonight. Uh, obviously, you know, this is the first time we've had you on the show. And with that being the case, and before we dive into the here and now, uh, let's talk about your your path to East Carolina and coming out of Bennettsville, South Carolina, Marlboro County High School. I know we were discussing before we went live I mean, how you had the opportunity to be coached by, or at least he was on that staff. Um, mm -hmm. East Carolina great, a wide receiver, Mitchell Galloway. Uh, yeah, so I, my past a little different than most. I only played football my last two years of high school. Uh, was a military kid, so moved around a lot. Uh, made a decision my 10th grade summer. I was like, I just don't want to move anymore. I had a conversation with my mom. I was like, I want to go. Uh, back across to the States because I was living overseas in the Middle East at the time. And I was like, hey, I, I want to go home. I want to go, you know, just be a regular kid for my last two years of high school. And my first day playing high school football was the first day of my junior year. And, you know, from there, by the third week, I was starting uh, on the offensive line. My senior year, I was starting both sides of the ball. And, you know, it kind of just just started rolling from there. No, you, you think you only played two years of high school football. I'm assuming you played peewee football, middle school football before that. I played um, when I was younger. I lived in the uh, Virginia area, the Hampton Roads area. I played, yeah, up until I was about probably like 11, 12. Oh, wow. So you had that long of a gap. So. I, missed a, I missed a big gap of like, you know, yeah, important football. Wow. So how how did you make up for that, um, you know, just being a natural athlete? I mean, how, how you know, coming in 11th grade, you were, you know, starting in your, as a senior, you know, get drafted to play, you know, or get drafted. Yeah. You, 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 you get a scholarship to play FBS college football. Uh, how, how did that happen? How did you, you know, catch up that fast? Um, you know, just being a natural athlete, I played everything in high school, uh, baseball, basketball, and football, uh, started in everything. But, yeah, just natural athlete and size, um, being somebody bigger for my size, but, you know, being agile with it. Um, and I, I catch on to the game quick. And, you know, I, I play with a different tenacity. So it was – it really came natural to me. And I just took it and I was like, hey, this is something I can be good at. And I just ran with it. Let me ask you something. You said you catch on to the game fast. You lived all over – how many different places have you lived? Um – countries wise i've lived in i've lived permanently in three countries you have i was born in iceland um uh came to america of course and then i lived in the middle east for almost five years you speak any other languages no but i can i can't speak arabic but i can understand a good bit of it i can have a a small dialect I imagine that diversity in cultures and people growing up in that environment, um, you mentioned being able to catch on fast, uh, you know, probably helped your ability to catch on things fast. Well, definitely. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. 
Talk about this. What was it like? I don't want to diverge from football, but what was it like <laughs> living in the Middle East? Oh, I loved it. Um, honestly, if I could go back, you know, and just go back to living that life, I would. It's nothing what people think at all. I lived in a country called Bahrain. It's one of the most wealthiest countries in the world. A lot of oil, money, a lot of uh, just a lot of, you know, a lot of what they got going on over there. And it's very westernized. Um, none of that violence and stuff that people think it is. It was it was a great time. I've I've been to Dubai probably ten times. I've played baseball in Dubai with the Burj Khalifa, which is the tallest building in the world, like right down center field. Like the life over there was it was just fun. It's interesting. I uh, you know you always get certain images of the Middle East because of you know, what we learn and what we know about, you yeah. know, the countries that are always at war, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, you know, yeah. not everywhere ever there's like that, obviously. Not at all. Kind of along those lines that Kyle was referencing just a moment ago and just the way it benefited you um, to, to have that military background. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Um, because, yes, it presented the challenges from your football career, but um, also, uh, I, I'm sure that uh, it paid off in the way that you were just describing to Kyle and more. Yeah, um, you know, just uh, from my parents' standpoint, both of my parents, not together, but both uh, retired active duty military, both 20 years plus. So a structure from, you know, like coming into football, that schedule thing, that's something I've been used to since I can remember and dealing with adversity, you know it's kind of like just transferring, you know, to for a year, I might have a friend and then they're gone and I have another friend for two years. So it all kind of like, it all rolls into what I've been doing my whole life, you know, being away at school. I've, I've lived away from both of my parents for long periods of time. Like it's, I've done it all. What branch of the service uh, your parents serve in? Both Navy. So what was that like for you when we played the midshipman? Just another game or did it have more meaning to you? Uh, as long as my – I would always tell my mom and she always, you know, she always made it a point that she was rooting for the Pirates on that day. Gotcha. Yeah. But every other day she'd be rooting for Navy. Yeah, any other day is go Navy. Any other day. Okay. She got, she got to see you beat them one time. Yeah, she did. She was actually at that game. Um she did get recognized. Uh, they actually ECU did a, a special uh, for her one time because she did her commencement for officer in Dowdy Ficklin um, uh, on the field. So that was pretty cool, and they kind of recognized her for that. So Which, which game was that? Um, I want to say it was the 2020 season. It was oh, UCF okay. game, the first game. Okay. Gotcha. So 2018 to 2022 um, were obviously the years that you spent as part of the East Carolina program. Um, tell us about that recruitment um, under the previous regime and then uh, the transition because uh, obviously now, you know, the Pirates have a lot of new pieces coming into the program, new new offensive staff. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of that's something that you went through after your, your red shirt season. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you said, I came in under the Montgomery staff and, you know, it was I had that staff for every bit of six, five, six months. And then you you roll in Mike Houston. Um, and it was just something that we had to 
we had to accept like it's either you're gonna get get with their script and their plan and you know they're they've had success and or you could get out of there but you know i stuck it through i believed in you know whatever coach houston had going on it was hard i promise anybody that came in with me will tell you it was rough it was some days we would just be like you know what this is it but stuck it through it ended up going well for all of us uh, especially me my last couple seasons so yeah it was a it was a big change but it was worth it how'd you like playing for coach chang uh i love coach chang uh, i talk to him daily all the time i was just down in greenville as i'm down there all the time but i i love coach chang he's a he's a great coach um great guy but just all around a, a great person he's He's hard for some people to deal with, but I understand him. He's understood me since the time that he walked in the building. So, you know, I, I couldn't have asked for a better coach. One of the things that you've had to overcome, uh, certainly injuries. and or, or, you know, Tell us about that situation you know, from, from a health standpoint and um, and the way you were able to, to overcome that and, and, you know, become a team captain in the, contributor that you were uh yeah so my injury was a lower back injury it was honestly an, an injury where they told me that uh, any doctor would have any doctor really was saying that you know let ECU pay for your degree and you go on about the rest of your life and it was just something that I just I never believed that for one second and I was uh, at that point, I felt like, you know, I'm very strong in my faith. And I was like, you know, this is this is a test from God. And, and he wants to see how how hard that I can prevail and, you know, what 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 lengths I'll go to, you know, get back to doing what I love. And and that I felt like at that point I was taking the game for granted. And after that, you know, I sat out for a year, hard work, um, a lot of PT, a lot of training, a lot of pain and suffering and I, I just took it. And I was like, you know what? I'm never going to put myself in that point again. So I just came back harder than ever and it worked out for me. Noah, how are you, uh, how excited are you about your opportunity in the, uh, in the UFL? You get to reunite uh, with, you know, Isaiah, Holton, et cetera. Uh, you know, I asked, uh, as I say previously, uh, about uh, playing for uh, Bob Stoops, um, does that mean anything to you? Uh, you know, I don't know how much <laughs> Oklahoma football you were watching over in the Middle East. Yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm excited. I love playing with Hope. And I, you know, me and Hope came in together, and I've I tell them all the time, like it it feels like I just can't get away from you, bro. It's like we play at ECU, we go to the Hula Bowl together, we go to the NFL PA Bowl together, and it's just like. So it's got to be meant to be that I'm always around you. But, you know, him, Zay, then you've got G-Mac, uh, an older player that I had the opportunity to play with one year who kind of really, like, he's somebody, you know, fresh out of high school, didn't have much technique, didn't know much of the game. He took me under his wing, showed me, you know, how to operate in college football, how to operate, you know, even coming as a man. So it was, it's great to get back with him and, I don't know much about Bob Stoops, but I do know about like his legacy with Oklahoma and, you know, like the powerhouse that he built with them. So it's going to be great to, you know, everybody wants to play for a winner. Yeah, no doubt. Bob Stoops did nothing but win during his time at Oklahoma. And of course the ties to East Carolina 
would he hire, you know, him hiring Lincoln Riley away from, from Ruffin while he, you know, to be his OC, Lincoln mm-hmm. becomes the coach when Bob retires. And so uh, there's, there's some ties there, but uh, yeah, looking forward to, you know, so many of you guys on the same team there yeah. make, make, makes it easy uh, for East Carolina fans to, uh, to adopt <laughs> the UFL team. Exactly. We, ECU should only have one UFL team. I know we, we love CJ, we love J Red, but you know, we're kind of strong over there, so you got to root for us. Yeah, get your Arlington Renegades apparel. Exactly. So coming out of East Carolina last spring, you did have the opportunity you know, to sign as an undrafted free agent with the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell us about that uh, experience. Uh, it was a great experience, very surreal. Um, didn't really hit me until I got into Buffalo, but, you know, great experience. I felt like, you know, all the hard work and dedication – paid off it you you never really feel like you know you're one of those guys until like you're in that locker room and I'm in the position room with guys like Deion Dawkins who's a who's a pro bowler and things like that so it was a great time you know little things happen a few things happen where I didn't get to stick around but it was a great experience and I'm glad I had that so that when I when I get back you know I've I've got a few few things on my belt to know what to do and how to stick around what were some of those things that you were, you know, able to put in your tool belt, so to speak, and um, those learning experiences that you'll be able to draw on? Uh, just like uh, Tig was saying earlier, you know, just just how everyone prepares. Everybody at that level prepares like in like a professional, and you can tell like there's a reason that they make the millions and millions of dollars, and that they they play ten plus years in the NFL. You know, just the the way they do every little thing and how they take care of their body and, and what they eat and how they watch film and what attention to detail. It's like they're doing all these things. And these are things that in college, everybody's telling you, do this, do this, do this. And these men are doing it on their own 24 seven. So, as you know, it's, it's something you, you learn that if, if you want to be there, you'll do what it takes to be there. What do you think within the last few weeks um, when, the, when they were um, having their game, postpone or a day or two because of the extreme weather up there in Buffalo. And it's pretty crazy to see them uh, because of how much snow they had in the, in the stadium. Yeah. Letting fans sit wherever they could clear a spot. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, they, they warned us about that, you know, coming in all the, all the rookies and stuff. That's all they talked about was, you know, prepare for the winter. Um, I was already prepared to go buy a big truck anyway, a big big southern guy like myself. I was already going to get my big four by four. But but yeah, it was it was pretty cool to see what they did, but I expected it because I mean, unless you've been up in that area, like that area really loves Bills football and and that is all they really care about. They will do whatever it takes for the Bills. There's people that live like two feet away from the stadium and they live and die Bills football. So it was it was expected. Yeah, some seen some pretty crazy videos down through the years on social media with the Bills Mafia and so mm-hmm. forth. And it uh, looks like it would be a, a fun atmosphere, kind of a, a bucket list type thing, uh, more of a perhaps more of a college like atmosphere. Uh, than than some places um, that you would find in the NFL. Uh, I, I've always heard that uh, you know, Green Bay is kind of that way more of a college-like atmosphere. Yeah, most definitely. It's, it was 
it's crazy because it was sort of like you know there's so many north carolina and like ecu ties and buffalo but yeah it, it gives you like a college town vibe like you when you're out in buffalo they treat you like you're it was just like you're a star just like you are in greenville it's, yeah it's kind of the same thing well, I, I would imagine, you know, I don't have the population in front of me, but I would imagine Buffalo is one of the smaller cities that has yeah. a NFL franchise. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Not but much what, out there either. What's the uh, best place you found for wings in Buffalo? Um, they took us to one spot. I'm really not sure what it is. Uh, all the rookies, we went to a Buffalo wing spot. I'm not really a Buffalo. I love wings, but I'm not really a Buffalo wing kind of guy. So everybody was on me about that. But so, what kind of wings do you like? You like just plain fried wings? Or you like, no, I like pepper? I like barbecue. I like. Um, okay. I'm really big on like a honey lemon pepper um, or honey. Uh, down in Virginia, we have it's really big honey obey things like that. Or like honey obey. Okay, yeah. so you, you they combine the obey seasoning with honey. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've never had that. That sounds good. Uh, it's, a, it's a little, a little different. I can kind of picture it and kind of. Yeah. You know, the, the, it sounds get, it sounds different when you think about it, but it's a great way. No, I can see it working. Do you get into the hot honey, the, like the Mike yeah, hot honey? I like yeah. hot honey. Yeah, I like yeah. I like to have a little kick, but I also like a little, you know, like to enjoy my food as well. Yeah, exactly. The, the, honey, the honey brings it in. Yeah, you you want some heat, but you don't want it to the point where it's just burning your tongue. Yeah, exactly. Before we transition to uh, a, a different topic, I believe you guys last year didn't y'all have a deal the O lineman that is uh, with uh, Wings Over Greenville? Mm-hmm. Um, I had reached out. Well, they had reached out to me uh, about you know just just something with the guys, and we came up with something with Wings Over and. Yeah, they, they took care of us very well. So I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but just off, off memory, what's the most wings to, that you and your teammates killed? Um, is I remember exactly when it is. It was right before Birmingham Bowl. We had a, a, a Christmas get-together because, you know, they it's part of when you're winning, you, you lose your, your holidays. So we had a Christmas get-together, ugly sweater, you know, thing. And I want to say that the O-line room, we hit them up. We were like, hey, it's all of us. Uh, we just we need some wings and some fries and some drinks for the guys. I want to say we ate in that room close to 400 wings. And how many guys? Um, <laughs> I want to say... Might have been the whole. I don't think everybody in the room was there, but it might have been 10, twelve to fifteen. Yeah, somewhere around there. But four hundred yeah. wings, and it wasn't like it took us a long time. It was because I, <laughs> I got. I remember I got there late. I don't know what I was thinking. You know, showing up late, and I was like, "There's no way all of these are almost gone." So twelve to fifteen guys. Uh, 400 wings that's what is what is that about 30 wings per guy whatever yeah. it is we yeah. ate a lot. My, my wife is a teacher says so 26 I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how she knows that because we're not sure if it's 12 or 15 but yeah. apparently she was serving you guys that night 26 wings <laughs> yeah it was about i know it was minimum because we told him we did the math like we we're like if, if everybody comes and every everybody gets 10 
then we'll know like we need more than 350. So we were like, we know we need more than 350 wings. Yeah. And he showed up with pans and pans and we ate, we left nothing. <laughs> hey, and you talk about showing up late. If you'd have shown up late and you didn't have anything left after you're the one that set it up, oh my uh, God, yeah. your teammates would have been catching some. Oh, yeah, they would they would have heard it from me. Definitely. Good stuff. Uh, so, uh, a good family friend of ours that played at East Carolina way back in the, the 70s, they would go out to Parker's Barbecue, and mm -hmm. he, he told us the story that he and his teammates, they, they got cut Tony, off. It must have been Tony Collins, <laughs> Bob. Was it Tony Collins? No, no, no. It's uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, he hates Parker's. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we we had a uh, nice little deal with Parker's too. They they fed us. So you what know, did you stand on Eastern North Carolina barbecue? Um, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of North Carolina barbecue. I will say that. Really? Do you, yeah. do you like any better? No, like Parker's, Bees, Sam uh, Jones. I, I like Parker's. I love Parker's. For okay. Sure. Okay. Did you ever try Bees? No, I never went to Bees. Ah. See, man, see, I, bees, but you know what? So good that they don't even have a telephone because you know they've just built their business through reputation and word of mouth, and they don't they don't even need to get a phone. They yeah, barely I have a building, it, but I never went. <laughs> they barely have a building. I mean, it's a it's a dump, but it is it is excellent. That's good. I'll be in Greenville next week. I'll make sure I I go check it out. Yeah, hit them up at lunchtime. Um, once they sell out, they sell out. Um, mm -hmm. I, I'd get there by, if you can, get there by 1130. Wow. I never yeah. knew it took all that. Yeah, you know, it, where, it, you know where it is out near the hospital. Okay, gotcha. I think yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's actually, it's, it's Kyle, it's Bees Barbecue Road. Bees right? Barbecue Road, yeah, right <laughs> off of, um, it it's 43? like you're going out to Ironwood Country Club. Yeah, 43. Gotcha. Yeah. But, well, um. But yeah, that that family friend of mine, uh, they got cut off. They said no more barbecue. They can have all the hush puppies and sweet tea <laughs> they want, but, but but no more, no more barbecue. Yeah, I understand it. We've done it a few places. They they kind of give us that look, like okay, yeah. are, are you guys done eating? Like hey, you told us to come. <laughs> Good stuff. But um, you know, we mentioned this today. I know the season, the actual games start the final weekend of March and mm -hmm. runs through the first weekend of June. And then, of course, you have the playoffs. But um, give Pirate Nation a little snapshot, a glimpse at what you're doing right now to prepare as far as lifting, running, and those sorts of things and uh, and when you have to, to be where. Uh, so right now, really for the past, I've really been training hard, hard, the past couple months, but I've been training ever since late August because, you know, I did find out that in, I want to say June, like not too, not too long after I was released from Buffalo, uh, the Arlington Renegades had acquired the rights to me. So I was kind of stuck with like, if I don't end up back in the league within the season on a practice squad, like, Whenever they figure all that out, I'm going to end up in Arlington. So I've always been prepared, like, you know, so. But right now I'm working out three, four times a week, physical therapy, um, you know, just taking care of my body and all that. And we do report the end of February. So from there we got camp. I think they say we run a few scrimmages and things like that. But other than that, 
season starts March 30th. We play the first game. What's your uh, quickly? Um, I don't know if Bubba's hitting you with a two minute drill or not, but uh, what is your favorite? Uh, g- give me your, your favorite uh, game you played while you were a pirate. My favorite game that I played would it be one that I've been been at as a pirate or played in? Either way, you want to go. Or um, both. I'll say both because I was there my freshman year when we beat Chapel Hill. That was. That's one of one of the top ones on my list and played in for me. Um, I want to say I want to say Memphis, Memphis twenty twenty. Would that be twenty twenty one when we became bowl eligible? Bowl eligible at yeah. Memphis. Yeah, that was. You know that one was a real tearjerker. That was a that one that one hit home for a lot of us because you yeah, know we, we probably ran for what two hundred fifty three hundred yards that day. Yeah, I had a I had a great game. You know, uh, we had a we played great as a team. We we fought hard until the end, and it just felt like you know all those years of losing seasons and like. It all just became so real that now we're on the verge of, you know, now we're going to a bowl game. Now we can keep playing and then we keep winning because we turned around the next week and we beat Navy. So it was just like, yeah, that that might be it. No, if you're ready, we'll go, we'll go ahead and go to the, the two-minute drill, as Kyle said. Uh, you know, going back to your childhood, uh, favorite NFL team? Uh, Cowboys, America's team. <laughs> Favorite NFL player? Trent Williams. Favorite football movie? Um, Blindside. Favorite hobby outside of football? Um, anything outdoors, hunting, ATVs, fishing, all that stuff. Three, three favorite music artists? Hmm. Drake. Morgan Wallen. Uh, Lil Wayne. Drake, Morgan Wallen, and uh, Lil Wayne. Okay. What's your favorite Morgan Wallen song? Um, ah, that's a good one. Let me. That's all right. We, 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 can, we can move on. Sand in my boots. That's a good one. That's a good one. Favorite place to eat in Greenville? Cubbies. Obviously, this next question, you know, you're much more traveled than the average college football player. But <laughs> three places you've never been that you would love to go to. Uh, yeah, that is hard. Uh, I think I want to go a lot of places as an adult, though. I think that that would be the thing. Cause you know, I've been a lot of places when I was younger. Um, so I would say, um, Maldives, um, Thailand and I've been there, but I want to go back, um, as an adult, I want to go to Paris. 
If you could travel back in time, what era would you visit and why? Um, as far I as would, like a, de a decade or something. I would go back to the 90s. It just seemed like a a boom in time in the world. You know, I, I love that. that but we're old. We're old, Bubba. Kind of modern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, watching movies and watching TV, and, you know, hearing everybody talk about that time, it just seems like, you know, that was just a, a great time. It had its moments. It was it was a much simpler time. It really you you, you really it really well even the early two thousands, man. It's, it's, yeah, so much has changed in the last you know really ten to fifteen years. Uh, yeah, I think back to uh, like Kyle's saying, you know, we're dating ourselves here, but uh, I guess it was what about halfway through high school that, as far as you know, students actually having a cell phone that really became a thing and still not, not a ton did. And it, mm -hmm. of course it was very basic, but, but you still <laughs> thought you were cool because you had a cell phone. Yeah. Money, I remember my mama's first cell phone was a bag phone. <laughs> you, do, do, do you know what a bag phone is, Noah? No. Is that the <laughs> one that, that actually looks like a real home, like a house phone, the big one that you well, had to carry around? It, it, more complex than that. It was in a bag. It was actually in a bag. Uh, you put it in your, you, you carried it in your car or you could take it in your house and it was in a yeah. bag and you unzipped the bag and you, it was, it was ridiculous, but it was the best at the time. Cell towers were limited, yeah. so, but that, that thing's antenna was so massive. It was the best way to get good reception on a, um, you know, anywhere you were. Um, because back then with the, with the big phones or the early days of flip phones, your reception might've been horrible. So yeah, to get the good reception, you had to have the bag phones and something else, some more stuff from the nineties that, that you'd have to get used to with your cell phones is every minute cost oh, yeah. until after nine o'clock. And yeah. then after nine o'clock, you got the free night calls that everybody would wait until after nine o'clock to use your cell phone. Yeah. I've heard about that for sure. Yeah. And I remember Kyle, I guess and this was even right when I was graduating college or shortly um, a year or two after, you know, every, I guess about 15 years ago, every text message was uh, 10 cents. Yeah, that was costed too. Yeah, yeah it, depend, it depended on your plan. Um, yeah. But yeah, for a while, uh, when we were doing numeric texting, um, early 2000s, yeah, they, 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 unless you had it in your plan, yeah, they, they would charge you a little bit for each text you sent. Yeah, I do remember that being younger and it was, you know, those little phones everybody had. I had like a little, like a track phone or whatever. And my mom used to tell me like, hey, this is for emergency. Don't just text me on this phone <laughs> just to text me. And they didn't like now where everybody's got, you know, unlimited texting call. Yeah. yeah. You're like, Ma, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she didn't even want that. <laughs> no, mm -hmm. a, a few more for you. Favorite favorite snack food. My favorite snack. Oreos. Straight up original Oreos. Do you like any of the variations? Uh, original double stuff. Man, I love the mint Oreos. No, that is disgusting. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I used with, to be. With you, you know what? Wait a minute, now, guys. I used yeah. to. Be I used to be the same way with mint and chocolate. It always reminded me of eating chocolate after you brush your teeth. Exactly. But I, I, but, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you're a lot younger than me. Bubba's slightly younger than me. When you get a certain age, uh, you know, in your 40s, you suddenly start liking it. I don't know why. 
There's just certain stuff. Uh, Bubba hadn't hit that maturity level yet, is what it is. But I'm there. I'm there. I'm 43, and I, I I love mint and chocolate together now. I'm in no rush. I'm in no rush. I used to be exactly I'm like my immaturity with uh, not liking mint Oreos. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's it's, it's uh, I'm telling you, I'm not I'm not lying. I hated it when I was younger too. Thought it was disgusting. Uh, an acquired taste, huh? Yeah. Yep. I don't need that one. What motivates you the most? Um, family, my son, uh, my son, most definitely. That's, that's my rock. That's my world. That's, you know, that's the reason I wake up. I, I have a, a, a message on my phone. I see every day cause I know I have to look at it, you know, it's be the best father and, you know, be there for him. So that's, that's what keeps me going. And do you have a favorite quote? Um, I have. I have a favorite quote. Yeah, I have two. I have one that's tatted on me, on my arm. It says, don't pray and worry, pray and work. And another one that I live by every day is uh, control the controllable. Good words there. And uh, we have William Landon chiming in on YouTube saying, no, what's up, big dog? Uh, who were some of the, the toughest defensive ends that you played against during your time at ECU? Um, toughest defensive ends that I played against. Can't remember his name. Big long kid from Cincinnati, number twenty-one. He was, he was a hassle. He was four quarters to the whistle. Um, yeah, he made it. He made it rough. Um, that would be it. Him. I'm trying to think. We didn't really play against a lot of like star power ends. We played a lot of interior guys. Like we had to run across guys like Ed Oliver and things like that. And, yeah, let's see. Um, Justin Butts just also chimed in and said, can't wait to see them guys play in Arlington. I appreciate that, Justin. And sure, appreciate it. Michelle also saying, what's up, boys, from the Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm ready. Ready to get going. Ready to get going to guys. Well, <clears throat> really appreciate the visit tonight, Noah. Appreciate a half an hour of your time. And uh, we'll keep an eye on how things are going down in Arlington. And we'd love to have you back on down the road. Gotcha. I appreciate you guys. All right. Thank take you, care. All. For sure. That is former East Carolina offensive tackle, Noah Henderson, as we've mentioned a few times. And he, Garrett McGinn, Isaiah Winstead, and um, East Carolina's all-time leading passer, Holt Naylor's, will be with the Arlington Renegades you know, here in just the, the next few weeks. Yeah, I look forward to it. Um, uh, hopefully uh, all those guys will be starting. If that wouldn't be something, if all those guys uh... – you know, Holton beats out the incumbent starter there, and um, all those guys are starting, and uh, we could really get behind the Arlington Renegades, kind of adopt them as, uh, as uh, Greenville and East Carolina Pirate Nations, uh, UFL, USFL, XFL, whatever the hell they want to call themselves, team. <laughs> and, alphabet, uh, alphabet soup. Kind of sticking with the football theme, um, I'm not sure if you saw this this quote, or uh, it really was – it was a uh, you know post from Justin Hardy, I believe it was on his 
his Facebook account, but he said, I, I can't wait to be back in Greenville for the spring game this year. Pirate Nation, stay tuned for a special announcement. Uh-huh. And um, so we'll see if that's an event surrounding the spring game or maybe something more. Uh, we we shall see. But um, Justin Hardy is bringing Bon Jovi to uh, Daddy Ficklin Stadium for post spring. Dave has set it up with Justin. <laughs> You know, Dave's dream of having Bon Jovi for a post-spring game with Daddy Fickle. Right. Yeah. yeah. As far as that spring game's concerned, uh, we received word from Malcolm Gray today and is on ECUPirates.com, the 39th annual Great Pirate Purple Gold Pigskin Pig Out Party, sponsored by Piggly Wiggly, is going to be April 12th and 13th. Uh, Family-oriented, festival-style event. Uh, you know, as it has traditionally been, you know, obviously there's been a few years here and there where it has not taken place. But um, by and large, you know, um, this has been something that has taken place, you know, fairly regularly since back uh, in, back in I guess it's '84, maybe. Yeah. Is is it going to be? Look, look for the love of God. Will the people at Pirate Fest and the Great Pirate Purple and Gold Pigskin Pig Out Party, presented by Piggly Wiggly, get together and do it on the same weekend? Do we have that this year? Do we know? I'm not sure if that, um, you know, if that overlap exists. Um, I'll see if we can dig that up um, before we finish tonight's show. But uh, I do know uh, that we have the overlap that I always want, and that is um, Pirate Baseball on the same weekend. Uh, you have you have ECU taking on Charlotte, a three-game set with the, the 49ers. Um, oh, that's a good time. And with Charlotte yeah, coming to town, big conference series there with um, with Charlotte, and um, they've certainly been a very good baseball program under Robert Woodard over the last few seasons. Uh, I think that will be a heck of a robbery. Yeah, you know, you don't mind it in football, or excuse me, you don't mind it in baseball <laughs> and uh, basketball. Football, on the other hand, uh, that rivalry uh, we didn't want, and then they beat us, but. Uh, uh, don't mind it so much in basketball and baseball. Of course, uh, the expectation is definitely to beat them in baseball also. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where it just feels different in those sports than it does football. For obvious oh, reasons. Right. Uh, other scheduled activities for that weekend include the annual Pirate Club Golf Tournament at Brook Valley Country Club, sponsored by Blizzard Contract Flooring. Uh, and then you also have uh, Pig Out Your Ride. Uh, car show, uh, vendor palooza, touch arg truck event. <laughs> and, what? Yeah. What is? And, what the hell is that? And in uh, a meet and greet uh, with, with head coach Mike Houston and, of course, the 2024 Pirates. What is so, the touch arg truck event? Uh, I'll see if I can find more about that. Uh, I don't know if it's just a truck show or, or what. What all that entails. But uh, it says, obviously, the centerpiece of the festivities, the Purple Gold Spring Game, 11 o'clock kickoff on Saturday the 13th. A mission will be free, and uh, the fans will be allowed on Bagwell Field at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium following the conclusion of the game. Um, John Gilbert said, we're excited about getting Pirate Nation together again for the Purple and Gold Spring Game and all the activities we have planned throughout the weekend. We'll have live entertainment, barbecue, football, and an opportunity for our fans to meet the 2024 football team. So um, um, that Eastern North Carolina barbecue uh, in all the 
those sides that you're familiar with. Um, says $12 for a single plate, $25 for a tailgate package, and $90 for a four-gallon bucket. Says all barbecue options can be pre-ordered by calling the ECU Athletics Ticket Office at 252-737-4500. Yeah, my dog has uh, decided she really wants to play with her squeaky toy, so I've been leaving myself on mute here. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get her a gallon, a four-gallon bucket of barbecue. But uh, anyway, yeah, no, looking, looking forward to it. I'm going to just mute myself. Yeah, see, how, see how long that lasts. I think I'm going to just be, I might need to stay on mute. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the uh, looking forward to the great power purple gold pigskin pickout party in the spring game. And would like to see it get back to the level it used to be at. I don't know if it ever will. Um, but back in the day when you had the wet t-shirt contest and all the, uh, all the carnival rides and et cetera, it'd be nice to see it get back to that level. And one of the big events going on is of course the, the pig cooking contest cooker registrations now open and individuals and teams that are that are interested in that are encouraged to go ahead and register early there are only 30 cooking slots an entry fee of 200 dollars um does apply and um that has been established uh, you know obviously per per chef it says uh cooks with varying levels of experience can choose which category to compete in you have the gold which is the serious uh, more experienced level Purple, which is more casual or novice, and uh, while all entrants will have the opportunity to place in the showmanship category, so there you have it. And I uh, will we'll put this information on our Facebook uh, page and then also our other social media, and uh, they'll have the link for the ECU Pirate Club Golf Classic. Um, that once again will be taking place on Friday, 7:30 start uh, at Brook Valley Country Club, and um, so the the schedule for Friday you had the the golf tournament, the pig cooking venue opens up. That's the north side and the the upper deck side of Dowdy Ficklin. The cooks meeting at five o'clock that day. First pitch against Charlotte at six. The parade of pigs, um, which is always a big deal. Uh, there at gate 10 in the football stadium, 7.30, showsmanship judging, and then 9 o'clock, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium uh, will be closed for the evening. So so make uh, make sure you mark your calendar for April 12th and 13th. A lot going on that weekend in G Vegas. Yeah, no doubt. Looking forward to it. It should be a big time in uh, Greenville for uh, spring football, the, the barbecue cook-off, and uh, you know, a big baseball series. Um, let's see, I made some other notes and some things to, to discuss tonight, uh, kind of shifting gears pretty, uh, pretty extremely, uh, Mike Martin, the legendary Florida state baseball coach that took the Seminoles to, I don't recall exactly, probably at least 22 or 23 college world series, if I'm not mistaken, but, um, you know, countless trips to Omaha. It just came up shy time and again, but um, such a legend there with the Seminoles baseball program. Unfortunately, we lost him today at the age of 79. Yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry to hear that. Um, 79 years old. Uh, by today's standards, maybe a little young, but what a, what a full life he lived. Uh, multiple trips to Omaha. Had a lot of influence in a lot of young men's life. 
imagine 79 years old. A lot of people aren't that lucky. So a uh, tough loss for his family, all his former players, friends, big loss for the baseball community, but 79 years. And he did a lot in those 79 years. So um, grieve for his family, but uh, you know, also something to be celebrated. Justin Butts chiming in uh, regarding the topic of discussion uh, with the touch arg truck uh, or, or whatever, whatever the exact title is. And, uh, and he said it's a truck show, as I thought. And but what when a touch arg truck makes me think it's going to be one of those contests where everybody puts their hand on a freaking truck, and then whoever is up there last wins the truck. I don't I don't understand the name touch arg truck. In enlighten us more, Justin, if if you have more information on that. And he says I heard there will be a sports objective wet T-shirt contest. Well, God. Dang, Justin, uh, we're gonna have a sport. You mean we're gonna be sponsoring or we're gonna be participating? Because if we're participating, I got the biggest boobs. I mean, I'm sorry, I, it's just I, I'm a straight up winner. I mean, that's just the no pig out has been canceled for 2024. Yeah. I mean, if we're sponsoring it, now we you know, we can I can get behind that. We can get some young ladies to participate. We can do it. Can we get the bubble? Let's do it. Let's sponsor a wet t-shirt contest. Let's let's get together. Let's, let's get some of the uh, some of the young ladies on campus, and uh, we'll do an old school wet t-shirt contest. I'm sure the university will love it. Justin said it's where kids can go and climb in trucks. The wet t-shirt contest. <laughs> the touch R. Oh, okay. It's where kids can go climbing trucks. Well, I, I, that's cool. It's going to be like monster trucks or or. Semi trucks or just, just I would guess just, I would, just I people would. with their pickup trucks gonna let youngins climb in them. <laughs> I would guess uh, the monster truck variety, but uh, I can see it being semis. Also, I don't, I don't know. I, mean, I got a Nissan. I got a Nissan Frontier. If a youngin wants to get in the Maybe. back of it, sure, I'll follow that. They can. That's fine. Josh says, uh, "I'm Josh." Justin says, "I'll sponsor. Y'all can compete." it'll be it'll be if we're competing i mean it's a straight up upset i mean it's win i mean it's me all the way if you if you're going for straight size of breast now if you're looking for pectoral muscles then uh bubba or uh, matt may take the show but uh you know going for boob size i'm your winner do i get extra points for my hernia kind of like a third boob like that chicken total recall just justin says fire trucks 18 wheelers and ambulances Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Kids will love that. Actually, I I, I uh, made a lot of jokes about it, but that concept will be great for children. Actually, and a very inexpensive thing for children to have. Uh, doesn't cost a lot of money to do that. That's what I'm trying to say. And uh, yeah, kids will love that. So that's actually a good idea. Yeah, down through the years, whether it's in Kannapolis or in Lexington, I've taken part in uh, in my dad with his promotional items business has provided many products uh, for for these events and then national night out yeah with, with uh, police and and fire uh, personnel so that that always is a, is a big hit so yeah i think that will i think that will be a nice addition or perhaps continuation uh, if that is something that had been done before uh with the great pirate purple gold pigskin pig out party and uh, and Kyle, that's what Justin was talking. I know here in the last few days, um, t you can tell me. I, I know it's the one that your your wife teaches at, but um, they they took the football equipment truck to a local elementary school, and I mean, the kids got a big kick out of that. 
the one my wife teaches at? No, the sorry, Justin's wife. Oh, I got about to say I had no idea what the hell you were talking about. Yeah, she would neglect no, it to no, tell me. No. <laughs> Seemed like she would have let me know that with the ECU equipment truck was going to be there. But uh, yeah, so Justin, uh, you got any more details on that? Uh, you can put down in the comment section. Um, and can you take it to my wife's elementary school? <laughs> I, th I think that would probably be a very much a possibility. He said, yes, we did. Wayne, Wayne Christian here in Goldsboro. Okay, that's cool. So uh, did the kids get to get to tour the truck? What, what, what did they do? Did it, was it one of those situations where they got to go inside the truck or, you know, just look at it? Or and He said, be glad to, to bring it to Jessica's school. All right. So that will be a cool experience for the kids and hopefully develop some uh some young pirate fans. And he did say it was he was laughing about it. I, Justin, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was second grade. He said a little second grader walked up to him and said, How many games did y'all win? Um yeah, I would have lied. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what season? <laughs> you know, the last season's over just like any other season. Give them yeah. the results from the 91 season. Say back 91, yeah. we won 11. Yeah. So, uh, I would have said last, well, last year, uh, we, we won eight. He said second grade in kindergarten. So, Yeah. Uh, well, my wife teaches second grade, so we might have to set that up. Uh, I think that's that's about all I had. Um, you know, we'll be talking in the, in the next few days a lot of East Carolina baseball. Uh, today, uh, being Thursday, February the first, uh, five days from now, ne next Tuesday, we will have our, our annual visit with Mike Rooney of D1 Baseball. Of course, we'll talk the Pirates. We'll talk about the American. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss all the excellent teams we have around the region you know, with five North Carolina teams in the, the top 15. But then you also have Clemson, I believe South Carolina, probably Coastal. UVA probably. Yeah, yeah UVA. I mean, in, in a three-state area, you have probably at least nine, ten teams out of the top 25. Uh, and it just gets better and better each, each year. And uh, you know, it makes you – know, because you don't you haven't even mentioned programs like Campbell that are so good, UNC Wilmington, it makes the non-conference scheduling very easy. Yeah, it does. A lot of good baseball in this area. In the American, this is one sport where uh, the conference took a little bit of an uptick. Uh, baseball will be better in the American with the additions of Charlotte. Um, you got uh, you got Rice, traditional powerhouse, been down recently, but – you, you bring in a lot of tradition with Rice. Uh, Florida Atlantic has had good baseball in, um, in recent years. Um, who am I leaving out, Bubba? I know it seems like I'm leaving out somebody that's pretty good that's joining the league. Charlotte. Uh, you, you, you named Rice, Florida Atlantic. Charlotte. Um, Charlotte. Uh, um, maybe it's not as improved as I thought. But <laughs> yeah, you – well, UTSA has largely struggled, but last year they were very good and made the Yeah, that's, that's right. Good point. Good point. Yep. But um, – So it see. should be a more competitive league. And, and yeah. you, you figure at some point Tulane's going to come back to prominence in, in baseball. So, um, kind of so, the, so the league should be more competitive than 
than the last few years is what I'm trying to say overall. And kind of an interesting nugget on that on that uh, note. I'm trying to remember if we have eight or nine conference series, but uh, we, at least five of our league series are against those new teams. So you know, it'll be it'll be refreshing from that standpoint. Uh, in addition to you know, challenging for the coaching staff, preparing for for new opponents, but uh, definitely some uh, a new look a new look to the schedule. Yeah, no doubt, and you know some uh, some of the same opponents, obviously with the likes of Memphis and Wichita, et cetera. Um, but uh, it definitely uh, schedule is going to look a little um, a little different this year. So um, it, that'll be uh, that'll be fun. It'll be fun to play Rice again. You know, back you we were playing Rice before they were you know the, the gold standard, and their program has fallen so far. But um, still, when you when you hear Rice baseball, you. you you immediately think big-time baseball despite how bad they've been recently. Yeah, you do. And um, all the success that Wayne Graham had there, because that program had been very mediocre at best prior to his arrival. And then, you know, after after he's gone, um, you know, he's struggled immensely. But they, they do appear to be slowly on their way back up. Um, you know, this day and age of NIL. respectability. In this day and age of NIL, and um, it, what Wake Forest is doing and Vanderbilt's doing with, you know, being able to bend the rules, being a private school, um, you would think Rice would thrive in this environment. So it's kind of interesting that they've gone the other way. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I certainly did not envision such a drop-off happening. But, uh, but I believe that they have an alum. I'm trying to remember his name. I believe they have an alum at the helm of the program now, and uh, things do appear to be trending back in the right direction. I believe UTSA head coach is a is a former Rang- Wayne Graham assistant. Or uh, yeah, I think, I think I think you're right about that. And uh, obviously, um, the Pirates and UAB, um, East Carolina's back in the the Billy Godwin era. Been to Birmingham a lot for league series and um, UAB um, has largely struggled and every now and then they'll they'll have a a good team but uh and FAU has has uh, been in the top 25 at times and in top 30 depending on the poll in recent years yeah no uh let's see uh I think that will pretty much do it for this edition of the show. Uh, I don't, I don't think there's anything else. Uh, but be sure to visit EdWatkinsMarine.com. I appreciate Big Ed's support of the show. Uh, you know they can meet all of your boating needs, whether it's providing you with an, a new boat or repowering your existing boat. Uh, they can be found in the Greater Charlotte area. Two locations to serve you. Denver, North Carolina, on North Carolina Highway 16 Business, also in Cornelius, West Catawba Avenue, Suite B. Uh, they have fishing boats, center consoles, family-friendly bow riders, trailers, pontoon boats, engines, UTVs, you name it. As I said, they can meet any and all of your boating needs. Uh, also, Pirate Nation, be sure if you'd like to support uh, NIL as it pertains to East Carolina baseball, go to the 23club.org. Uh, that is in partnership with Team Boneyard. 
that is being run by Mike Carrington and several former East Carolina baseball players. Appreciate them doing that. And I know that will really pay dividends as uh, you have the 11.7 scholarships. Hopefully we can raise enough money where, where in essence um, you would have your entire roster eventually, you know, basically getting a full ride, you know, whether they choose to put that money toward their, their tuition, or if they choose to use the money elsewhere, is certainly uh, and their, I'm, I'm their, their personal ahead. decision. But uh, go ahead. Hey, I'm going to make a suggestion to the uh, 23 club here if they want to raise some extra money. Um, that's a badass logo. Uh, put that on some purple and some black T-shirts and hats and sell the piss out of them. Uh, that is a badass logo. Yeah, I, I noticed a lot of people – on hoistacolors.net, we're already clamoring for um, for exactly what you're saying, shirts, hoodies, hats, and everything with that logo. Yeah, that's a definite way they can make extra money. Um, and if they want to make it where you have to be a member to buy it, uh, that's certainly un- understandable. But uh, that, that you're missing an opportunity to raise more money if you don't do that. That is a really good logo. Whoever designed that, good job. Yeah, very well done there. And um, also, kind of along the lines of our sponsor, Ed Watkins Marine, they are the title sponsor for um, Coach C's show, Absolute Empowerment, each and every Monday night. Uh, Mickey Marotti, the head strength and conditioning coach or assistant AD for football sports performance, uh, is his official title at Ohio State University. Um, had an excellent chat with the Buckeye strength coach and they go back to their days when he was at East Carolina in the nineties and, and Mickey was at Cincinnati on Rick Minner's staff. So definitely check out that conversation. Uh, if you've watched the Netflix series, Swamp Kings, um, they reference Swamp Kings and those winter workouts and mat drills. Um, we're going to provide that clip for you, but go check out that entire conversation. And uh, also, Coach Seed's conversation with Tim Swords, a East Carolina football alum from the Pat Dye era. Uh, pretty neat story uh, that I posted today, a uh, little three-minute clip uh, talking about Tim walking in the Scales Fieldhouse um, back there in the mid-'70s, and Bear Bryant was on campus um, there in Pat Dye's office, and he, he told his story of, meeting Bear Bryant and what what the bear had to say to him as far as, you know, anything you do, uh, you need you need to do it with passion. So uh, excellent conversations with Mickey Marotti and also Tim Swords, East Carolina football letter winner. Yeah, no doubt. But uh, that, that will do it for this edition of the show. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube when and when you subscribe. Click that notification bell and also all. And on social media, we can be found on X at the Sports OBJ, on Twitter, excuse me, on Instagram, and then TikTok. We're at the Sports Objective. Like and follow us on Facebook as well. But uh, for Kyle Barber, Noah Henderson, Isaiah Winstead, and the absent Dave Richmond and Matt Semenza, I'm Bob Rosenbaum. You've been watching and listening to the Sports Objective. We'll talk to you soon. And as always, go Pirates. You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates.